guess what? You have dialed up sports best broadcasting you fake live and direct on the Believe Podcast Net- Network. We took a solemn oath about three months ago only to do the best in sports and cross out all of the ugliness in the sporty world. He is Andrew Keller, known to zoologists around the world as the panda. I am Larry Snake Pliskin Olson. Hello, Mr. Keller. Hello. I think uh, it's interesting that I got that name. It's not because of my physical prowess. It's because of my love of bamboo. I have a bamboo garden in my backyard <laughs> that I've been cultivating for years. And also your nimbleness. I was thinking more of your nimbleness. You're very nimble. I'm, I'm quick like a panda. That's what they say. <laughs> Get, move away, squirrel. Quick like a panda. <laughs> Mr. Keller, did you know that we are literally exactly halfway through the baseball season this week? 30 30 games in 30 games in my favorite play of the entire season happened this week. I love a good pickle, you know, where the person, the runner gets caught between, you know, first and second or second and third, they're doing a rundown. Mm -hmm. So this guy, Cole Calhoun from the Arizona Diamondbacks, he's clean. He's going to lose the pickle, right? He's in the middle. They're trying to tag him out. The ball gets thrown to the other guy. What does he do? He goes up and headbutts the ball away. He thinks he can get out of the pickle by headbutting the ball. Turns out you can't do that. He was called out. And then his manager, Dimebacks guy, comes out and argues the headbutt move. And Tori Lavallo got the boot. He got, he got kicked out. I'm going to say something controversial. I saw this, <laughs> and I'm going to agree with Tori. Because when you watch that in real time, I don't think you can unequivocally say that he headbutted it. When I heard headbutt, when I read it, I thought he was going to headbutt it with his forehead. But he's looking back, he's looking back and he turns around. And it hits the side of his head. And in slow-mo, maybe he leaned a little bit. But I, I imagine like a soccer header when I saw this. And I'm going to take that stance. I agree with Tori. And uh, I would have pulled – I've also watched Tori pulls his mask off and is screaming at the umpire with the mask around his chin. I'm like, what are you doing, Tori? There's tiny little particles coming out of his mouth. Droplets. Someone could get the pa- – yeah, droplets, droplets, droplets. Spittle. Yeah, that was a sweet play, though. There's a very narrow focus on the ball headbutting rule, all right? So they got to kick him out. Very narrow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they did the wrong thing, but I would have been right behind Torrey, and I would have gotten ejected as well. One other tiny little baseball note we should get to. Albert Pujols, Angels first baseman, seems like we've kind of forgot about him. He is now second on Major League Baseball's all-time RBI list. Do we care about that? I'm not sure. I, did we forget about him because he's not interesting, or did we forget about him because he went into the abyss of the Angels? Like, no one follows the Angels. They have Mike Trout, they got Pujols, and no one knows. Yeah, I mean, he signed that gazillion-dollar contract. He hasn't done real well. Mike Trout's on the team. The Angels suck. Yes, I think all of those factors are the reason we don't talk about Albert Pujols. He now has 2,087 career RBIs. He trails only the great Hank Aaron, who has 2,290 seven RBIs he did that in 23 seasons I'm looking at my notes right now from Uncle Kirk and uh Puholtz had a 240 million dollar contract over 10 Yikes. years and this is his yeah. 20th season so he has three more years to hit 200 RBIs is that doable um well once again he is playing for the Angels as you mentioned so maybe you know maybe not that doable mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's it gives us something to talk about maybe so you believe in him or you don't um, I don't know about El Hombre. We'll see. So we're going to check, chalk you up to you do not believe in Albert Pujols. Well, no, I'm just saying I don't want to put a man rub on it. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making a bet with you. I'm just okay, asking just, if you believe in him. I don't know if I believe in Albert Pujols. <laughs> I see you. I see you. Do you believe in Nick Saban? 
do you believe things he says? Um, yeah, I. I remember a press conference saying, I'm going to stay at LSU and this is my home and the next year he's at Miami. Thank you. We don't believe. Thank you. We do not believe Nick Saban. So Alabama football and the SEC is putting their head down and they're going to start their game on September season on September 26. And they were interviewing Nick Saban after practice. And he's basically saying it's not an opportunity to make money. It's about making an opportunity for the players to play in a safe way. So. At what point are these people still doing it for the money, right? So I looked it up, and you can't find out for sure, but Nick Saban is worth somewhere between 30 and $45 million. He could walk away, so I could make the argument that he's coaching for the love of the game. Do you think he's providing an opportunity for the kids, or he's trying to hammer another paycheck? I'd like to quote the great Andrew Keller from last week, who said, college football is all about the money. So do you think Nick Saban is really caring about the kids or the fact that Alabama needs to make money? I'd like to clarify that statement because college football <laughs> as an institution is about the money and it's driven by it. There can be one-offs. I'm not sure Nick Saban is the one-off, but there is a possibility. So, so, so is he saying that if his team's with him, they're safe and they're playing college football – if they're not with him and there no, there's no football, who knows what happens and his whole team's going to get the COVIDs? Well, I, I can quote him. He said there's a lot of people trying to make it safe, and if they can do that, I think we can play. If we can't do that, then I think someone will make that decision and maybe we shouldn't play, but I don't think that we should not try. So maybe we could just call him Punches Pilot. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, let's get controversial, Andrew. Somebody else will make the decision. I did see a report about two hours ago as we record this on Tuesday, August 25th, that 560 students and faculty at the University of Alabama have contracted or tested positive for COVID-19 since returning. That's less than 1% of the people at the University of Alabama. But as we know, or the analogy that I like to talk about COVID is if you have six people playing with glitter and one person has glitter, how many people have glitter on them? Is that a trick question? They all have glitter, Larry. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the answer. They all have it. No, here's my thing. When it, we're talking about COVID, right? Yeah. It, to, the safest thing to do would be not to play football. It's like in America. Like the safest thing to do to not get COVID is have everybody stay in their homes. But that's right. not really feasible, right? You got to have people come home, get out of their homes. So there's got to be some sort of middle-ish part, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there is. And whether or not it's the right mover or not they're trying to play in a safe way i think they would the bubble seems to be working so i don't know if you can bubble fire the the bubble. players i don't think we have I, you bubble love bubble talk though so God, I, i'm sad i don't we don't have any bubble talk today but we've replaced the bubble talk with something very very important andrew we are less than three weeks away from the start of the nfl season <laughs> It is time to get our fantasy orders in a fair because we've got some fantasy drafts coming in the next three weeks, Andrew. Are you in a league? You used to be in my league until you had an argument with the commissioner. You're out of our league. I don't know if I had an argument with the commissioner. I won the entire league. <laughs> the prize was free steak dinner. <clears throat> I lived in LA and I was like, hey, I'm going to fly to San Francisco and I'm going to collect my free steak dinner. <laughs> and I would like to eat at this one steakhouse. And the commissioner said, no. <laughs> you have to go to the worst steakhouse 
in San Francisco County. And I bowed out. Andrew Stewart took my place, and he was given a free, terrible dinner. All that to say, have you, have you gone back into the fantasy pack? Like, are no. you You're sitting out. I'm a lover scorned. I can't go back. Okay, here's the deal. We could talk about who you should take with your first pick, the top running backs, the top quarterback, which defense kicker. I'm sure Kirk's going to listen to every word we parcel if we would go that direction because he wants every nugget. But I think it's more important about what you're naming your team when we're talking about fantasy sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> here's some of the best names that I've found on the internets as far as fantasy teams. What about this one? What up, Mahomes? Country Road, take Mahomes. <laughs> what about Hot chub time machine oh <laughs> deshaun of the dead <laughs> rothless burgers with cheese <laughs> to a legit to quit to legit to legit too quick <laughs> i saw one that i disagree with there's one that is an actual nfl team name and people are trying to pawn it off as a fantasy name is the gronkineers that's legally like what tampa bay is called now and I think you he were, trademarked that. We talked about that, right? You were on Gronkineers from Jump Street. Yes. From Jump Street. Yeah. The Tom Brady, Gronkineers, what's your thing? Tampa, yeah, the, Tom, the Tampa, Tampa Brady, Gronkineers. That's right. Tampa Brady, Gronkineers. Honestly, if, you have, if you're bored or you're sad or you're depressed, just Google fantasy football team names. <laughs> you will not be it's so good. Dak Street Boys. Ooh. <laughs> Is there anything we need to know about this football season? Like, I, are we even going to play it? But if we do, do we need to know anything? Yeah, there's like storylines that I saw that Yahoo Sports put up that we can follow. So things you could check out that might be different. Like there's no preseason, so we're going to get right into it. Damn it! I love the preseason! I make, I make the contention that most starters play one, one set of downs. Like I don't think – I mean – the no preseason matters for filling out the full roster and people that might backfill, but I'm not sure it's going to matter that much. Also, Dak Prescott getting on the franchise tag and being on a completely stacked Cowboys team. I say it all the time, but the Cowboys are always favored to win the Super Bowl before the season starts. So is it real this time? What do you think? Um, well, I will say this. I was watching Dude Perfect last night, and Dak was on Dude Perfect. So I don't know if he's trying to get some karma, YouTube karma, the Dak Street boys. We'll see. The reason they're always favored is because every all these crazy Cowboy fans go put money on the Cowboys every year in Vegas. Uh, well, in the 90s, you would have been right half the time. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to take off, but Paycheck Patrick Mahomes is going to go for a second Super Bowl. So that's something else to watch. He could, I mean, he was MVP. Won the Super Bowl in his third season, I think. If you were the top overall pick in an NFL fantasy football draft, you go Mahomes? No. There's too much pressure on him. Really? I think he'll be fine, but I think, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's okay. like a Madden curse. He's going to have a Super Bowl hangover. Because I'm just saying this because one of my boys is like, hey, I got to do my draft, and should I take Mahomes number one? I was like, I think you should. But Uncle Andrew says no. Yeah, Uncle Andrew says no. A couple other small things. Brady and Cam Newton are going to be in different uniforms. That's fun to watch. Yeah. On to Cincinnati. And then also, it'll be interesting to say, see how people react to the social justice message that's going to be coming out. Like with the NBA, they have those shirts with the pre-approved words on it. They're taking a knee. In 2016, it was a big deal. I think the NFL basically 
apologize saying we handled it wrong in 2016, but I think there's going to be a vocal minority or there's going to be people vocal, especially with the election coming up in November, which will be in the middle of the season. I don't know if it'll distract from the play, but it'll be something people want to write about. You think? I mean, this is, well, I think the easiest thing is they're just not going to, maybe they just don't, I feel like they even said they might not play the national anthem at games. Oh, I, I mean, I could, be, I could, I literally could be making that up, uh, but Jerry Jones is like very anti, like this whole in kneeling things. Arguably the most popular team in the league, and so what does he do? He's not going to have his team kneel. Oh no, he he came out like a week or two ago saying how he's he supports his play. Like he didn't actually say I'm okay with it, but I think he's he was gave the diplomatic approach. The businessman in him was like, all right, well, I'm going to lose money if I take this hard line again interesting interesting and i think roger goodell came out this week like the commissioner said hey we got kaepernick all wrong like he basically apologized like we did we got it wrong so it's funny people doing these 180s are they like you saying like oh i'm gonna get killed business-wise if i don't say we gotta be for it and then two more small things just to side note to think about the nfl uh there's COVID 19 and aaron Rodgers might have some beef with his team so those two small things to look at aaron Rodgers has got a beef He's, just, so. he, he's a grumpy guy. He's, it ain't so. He's got achy bones. <laughs> I don't know. Today we are joined by the legend Norm Hitchkiss. Norm has been inducted into the Texas Radio Broadcasters Hall of Fame, the Dallas All of Sports Association, and the Texas Baseball Hall of Fame. Norm hosted the first full-time sports talk show in the morning drive time in the country for over 30 years ago has been on the air continuously since in the DFW market. Norm, we'd like to start with a quote today and get your take on it. It comes from the American gospel singer Oletta Adams. Learn your craft well. Take care of your own business. Success and popularity are fleeting for the most part, but longevity lies in a quality craft with integrity. Oh, and don't take yourself too seriously. (laughs) Well, that's the God's truth right there. You know, this business, it's sad to say, in a lot of places, isn't regarded as a craft anymore. And it isn't regarded as a privilege anymore. It is a privilege to be on the air. It is a privilege to have somebody still want to hear your opinions or your analysis on any one of a number of things. And I honestly say this, I know this sounds highfalutin, things like that. Believe me, I, that's something that all of us in this business, I think, should take care of and understand about our livelihood. Hey, so Norm, as far as like not taking yourself too serious, you have to take your serious to do what you do on the radio for four hours a day to be good at it. But then how do you, I guess the point is, how do you switch that off and come home and have a wife and kids and not take yourself so serious? Well, the first thing is don't watch too much sports. <laughs> I, I know that sounds crazy to you, but you can drive yourself crazy in this business. Whoa, there's a Serie A soccer game on from Italy. Sorry, doesn't get my attention. <laughs> now, it can get your attention because you like it. Me, I was attracted to some racists from Saratoga this weekend. You may well have not, but... <laughs> You can drive yourself crazy. You can burn yourself out. 
the beauty of what's happened in the world in the last uh, 20 years now is if you miss a game, you can almost certainly find the highlights and you can find wonderful written accounts of it. Think of our lives and our careers 30 years ago, when if you missed a game at night, what were you left with? You were left with, well, you didn't have a newspaper account because it was too late for them. So you had to look up on just, you'd get the box score out of, off of MLB. Wait a minute. They didn't have an MLB.com yet. So you, you really were. When I started doing the morning sports talk show in the middle eighties, the wonderful thing was we were telling the audience things they'd missed. Mm-hmm. Now they haven't missed them. Now the business has changed to the point where you've got to tell them some things in the game that they missed. They may not realize they've missed. Before we get into Andrew's got all sorts of questions about um, some of the good stuff that you do in the community. What do you make of the time capsule we're in with this idea that we're playing sports without fans there? What's your take on it? Well, that's what the Oakland A's have been doing for 20 years now. <laughs> but but that, that's another matter. Uh, <laughs> nuts. It's, it's nuts. Yesterday, Luka Doncic hit this unbelievable shot to beat the Clippers at the buzzer. 28 feet, step back, Reggie Jackson playing as well as he could defensively. Nothing but net. <laughs> And then we heard echoing in an empty stadium, the stadium announcer saying, boom, shaka, Luca. (laughs) (laughs) We had never heard that in years past. And it's fun to watch baseball games. Do you guys know, like, have you watched some of the game shows where they play this thing called Plinko? Yeah. Yes. They drop the disc and the disc goes all over the place. That's what happens to baseballs fouled into the stands now. <laughs> they play plinko with them. The ball bounces everywhere. And then when it comes to rest uh, half an inning later, some gentleman, the only one in the park charged with this, walks over there and finds it and puts it in a bag and they're going to use it for batting practice tomorrow. But it is, it's crazy. And it's going to be crazy to see football games played with very few people in the stands, if any. I mean, we're talking about several teams in the NFL have already said no fans Mm -hmm. and no cheerleaders. And what really hampers the Cowboys, no sideline entourage, no Prince Bandar down there and things like that. (laughs) When when the Cowboys are playing, it's going to be a crazy look. And it is a crazy look. So, Norm, I grew up in Dallas, and when I told my brother that I was gonna that we were gonna be talking to you today, he was re- reminded me of a time when Albert Bell hit the hardest hit ball he's ever seen oh. in his life. And he, my dad, came home from work, and he recounted your description of it on the radio. And that's kind of what you're talking about. When people would miss stuff, they would turn to people like you and hear the recap of it. I don't know if you remember that hit. I uh, vaguely, I do. I remember Albert, don't call me Joey Bell, who had a fleeting career. The guy had massive talent, but he also had demons. 
Mm-hmm. And that's true of a lot of players these days. I mean, Josh Hamilton had massive ability, but he had demons. And we've seen this with people who have all sorts of problems. It can be anger, it can be alcohol, it can be drugs. And we see great talents. Right now, I can't explain to you why Yasiel Puig isn't playing in the outfield for somebody, other than the fact that he's got problems. But you mentioned you mentioned earlier you have a a soft spot for horse racing, and yeah. if I remember correctly, you've done um, fantasy Kentucky Derbies. Can you talk about? Is that just a, a love for it? You just want to talk horse racing all the time, or how did that come about? Well, when I was about um, 13 years old, I was an only child, and my folks were very, very poor. My, my dad worked as a bartender, and my mom worked on her feet in the laundry, uh, making a dollar an hour. Golly. Wow. And, and, and they never took vacations. They couldn't afford it. And one day, my dad, who in my early years, drank too much. Now, he wasn't bad, okay? He wasn't, but he was a bartender. And they'd come in and say, Ed, why don't you have one with me? And he'd he'd do that about eight times a night. (laughs) And and as as a consequence, he sort of lost track of the fact that he had a son. Well, one Saturday afternoon, I was reading the newspaper, and he said, what are you reading? And I said, I'm looking at the horse racing results. And he said, uh, you like horse racing? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I've never been. He said, well, you want to go sometime? I know a guy who'll take us. Well, we went, and I loved it. I loved, I loved the competition. I loved the numbers. I, the thought of, you know, waging a mental war with the rest of the crowd. They're going this way. Should I go this way? And then we got my, my, my late, sainted, wonderful mother involved, and this became our entertainment. And now, it didn't cost much, and sometimes we'd actually come home with more money than we left with. But it developed for me a love of horse racing. I've always had it. And for decades now, every Derby, Preakness, and Belmont, I do a fantasy call. And that is, I study the horses for their styles and things like that, and then picture the race in my head and call the race, knowing that some horses like to lead and some horses like to lag far behind and some like to stalk and some can't run at all. Uh, and and I, I picture them and make a fantasy call of the race. It's, it's become, I think, a fairly popular segment of the show when horse racing is in, uh, in high season. Hey, uh, Norm, I'd love to get your take on the owners of the Dallas area. I mean, you got Jerry Jones, who's bombastic and has taken the Cowboys to a new level. You got, of course, Mark Cuban with the Cowboys. Um, w owned the Texas Rangers. Is Dallas just destined to have these, you know, hardcore fanboy business people? Do you guys draw them there? I don't know, but we've had some of the more upfront owners in the history of sports. Then we had Tom Hicks. Remember his tenure yes. with the Rangers? He was he was certainly not a uh, a shrinking violet himself. The the contrast is that you can't find the Rangers owners these days. And by the way, <laughs> if I owned the Rangers, I wouldn't want to be found either. <laughs> to be honest with you, they're they're awful. But Tom Gallardi isn't found very often. Who owns the Stars because he stays in Canada. He 
he owns a large hotel and chain in, in Canada. So you don't see him much here. But Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones, holy cow. And I'll say this about each one of them. First, Jerry takes bullets like nobody else has taken bullets. People will criticize him, yell at him, and it doesn't seem to affect him. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not mad at you. He doesn't carry a grudge. There's no revenge. He, he just keeps on keeping on. Cuban has really changed. Cuban was, I could use a phrase, but I'm going to stay away from it. I'll use a phrase my mom used to use. He was a wiseacre <laughs> when he bought, bought the Mavericks. He's changed. Mark Cuban has matured incredibly. Matured in his ownership of the basketball team. Matured as a person. Matured into a civic leader. And he's matured into quietly being one of the most generous people in this city. And I tell you what, it's, it's fun in this city with those two alone, because you never quite know what they're going to do. You just would say, though, from from person who likes sports, you want your owner to care about the team passionately and put money where their mouth. Why else would you own a team if you didn't care about it and want to spend your money? These these franchises where they have these quiet owners, like they just seem to be the epitome of what an owner should be. There you go. Referring to the Cincinnati Bengals again, are you? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're very, very rich and you own a team and you're going to spend a lot of money anyway, why not spend it wisely? Why not be aggressive? Why not go out in the marketplace? Okay, you fail. Okay, well, let's try again next year. And right now, Cowboys, the Cowboys are assembled for right now. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. But they've signed a whole bunch of 30-something defensive players thinking that's going to fix their defense. I don't know if that's going to work. We're going to find out. But I do know one thing about Cuba. Two years ago, they drafted Luka Doncic. And I don't remember a team. Well, no, I do remember some teams. I remember some teams going from hideous, which they were, to really good, which they are now, in only two years because they made a single draft choice. I mean, the Cavaliers, when they signed LeBron James, went from, oh my God, hideous, to a, a contender overnight, even though he was a baby. Well, mm. this is a baby. And I will say this about the Mavericks win over the Clippers yesterday. There was no other NBA game going on in the world yesterday. The whole NBA world was watching Doncic get 43, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, and I can't imagine a whole bunch of guys who are going to be free in the next year or two or three in this league saying, boy, golly, I'd love to play with him. He's going to be a magnet, isn't he? So I guess switching gears a little bit, one of my favorite times of the year is around the holidays, you do the Normathon. Uh, I think I have ideas on how that started. Did you just look around and say, hey, here's an opportunity to raise money for the Austin Street Center? How did that come about? Because it's kind of grown into a huge deal. Oh, my deal. God. Yeah, it's grown into a huge deal. <laughs> it's grown into a massive charity day. Well, this is 20 years ago. 
And my producer then, who, by the way, is gravely ill right now, uh, a young man named Mark Friedman. He, he is literally fighting for his life in critical condition. But Frito and I are close friends. Hmm. And we were searching for a way to make an impact. I mean, on the ticket, we've got a talk show, a huge audience in a huge, wonderful city and area. And Mark said, why don't we do something like a normathon? And I said, okay, what would that look like? And he said, you'd broadcast 24 hours a day for a day. And I thought, what else do you have? <laughs> <laughs> but it started that way uh -huh. and, and continued the first handful of years. And let me tell you, very little giving goes on at 3.34 in the morning. The, the phones just don't ring. The, the yeah. people don't stop by. But the event got bigger. And then we started raffling off cars. And then we started auctioning off sports gifts. And all the franchises now give us something significant to raffle off. Uh, I mean, sweets for games and things like that. And it's grown and grown and grown. And the last, it's now for its 20 years, up to six and a quarter million dollars of pure cash raised for Austin Street. Wow. That's enabling them to do an enormous number of things. They're going to build a grand new building with an even bigger um, number of possibilities, number of spaces for, for clientele. And they've instituted all sorts of programs. And you know what? That's, that's all you look for in life. Yeah. Can you find some way to make an impact? And that tiny idea that I thought, hmm, broadcast 24 hours, I don't know about that one, has grown into something that's really, really impacted loads of lives. And the other, one last thing about it, it's now got a life of its own so that big, big, big name people come to the show. Clayton Kershaw has been a guest three of the last four years. Uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, Lee Trevino, uh, Mar Mark Cuban, uh, Jerry Jones. I could go on and on and on and on of the people who now say, all you have to do is call them and say, well, yeah, am I, I'll be in town. Then I, I can go out for that. Uh, and that really boosts the credibility. Yeah. I think that ties it back to our quote, your longevity lies in your quality of craft and integrity. I want to thank you again, Norm. Check him out, Norm and D Invasion, weekdays at 10 to noon central on Dallas Sports Radio 1310, or you can visit theticket.com. Check out Norm on Twitter at, at Norm's Clubhouse. Thank you so much for joining us today. You guys call in, Tom. It was a joy to be with Bill Mickelson shot a 61. No. If we have time. We don't have time. All right, we, we don't have just, time. We should just wrap it up then. <laughs> Listen, you know, I love, an old, I love a good old guy's story. I cannot believe Phil Mickelson was playing with the old guys. Well, I want to I take a little journey to get there. So when you were gone, I think maybe two weeks ago, uh -oh. we had the golf tournament in San Francisco at Harding Park, formerly known as Glory's Last Shot. But the PGA didn't like the name. So to 2013, they changed it to the PGA Championship. And it's like, you have to call it that. 
1980, the PGA came out with the Senior Tour, and that was from 1980 to 2002. And people didn't like that name, so in 2003, it changed to the Champions Tour, and then five years ago, PGA Tour Champions. I think it's a lot of kid gloves with these old guys. I feel like they should call it the Old Guy League. That's, yes. that's kind of the name I'm throwing out there. Um, I don't know how I feel about Old Guy Golf because every once in a while I'll be sitting on the TV and it'll, it'll come on. I'll be watching on the Golf Channel and they'll come on. I'm like, are you kidding me? I am wasting my time watching these old dudes play golf. I, I guess I kind of agree with that, but maybe is Old Guy Golf better than no golf? Well, but like, we have golf if, now. if the NBA is not on, would you watch college basketball? And then if college basketball is not on, would you watch high school basketball? Can, like, what's the threshold of competition he, that you're not willing to watch? I feel like he, that's a great existential question, and I'm going to answer it with an existential <laughs> question. If I am reduced to watching old guy golf, I should probably go raise money for a cure for cancer. Like, I should be outside walking the dog. I should get a hobby. I should not be watching old guy golf. I would like to point out the range that you just described. Walking the dog or raising money for cancer. Nothing in between. Those are the options. I don't think we can top that. That is the definition of sports best on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Andrew Keller. That is the dog walker. And thank you for stopping by. Uh,